Hello, everyone. This is Brad Franklin, publisher of CavsCorner.com, bringing you this Cavs Corner conversation. It is Tuesday, May the 28th, the month of June, right around the corner, the NBA early deadline. Heck, by the time you hear this, we might have a final answer on Mamadi Diakite and where he will play basketball next year, whether it is at Virginia or in some professional um, locale. Um, tonight, I thought we'd, we'd, we'd stay on the basketball front. We've, we've talked a little bit about football. We've talked some basketball in recent weeks. Uh, on this conversation, I want to bring back one of my best friends on this uh, on this wild ride that is UVA basketball, Damian Altizer. He is the the uh, director, president, owner, whatever, however you want to describe it, the guy behind <laughs> Driven Training. Uh, he's also the uh, head basketball coach at Stab and someone who works directly with UVA student athletes uh, on a regular basis. Uh, pretty much when they're out of season, uh, Damian's uh, Damian's in charge of them, and I'm. I'm really uh, impressed <laughs> with how much you did last season. We'll get into that in a second. Damon, welcome back to the podcast, brother. How are you? Doing well, man. I appreciate you having me back. Uh, give the people your Twitter handle so they can know uh, where to follow you and, and, and what you do. It's uh, at Damon Altizer, so no spaces or anything, just first name, last name. Good deal. And Cavs Corner, also on Twitter, Cavs underscore Corner, great place for the in-game updates, content items, and the occasional witty banter. So a year ago, it was last June, I had Damon on, and let me let me just break down for you people some of the things that he said in this this episode. I didn't write down the episode title, or excuse me, the number, which actually, as I uh, as I kind of waste time here, it was episode two sixty one of this here program, and Damon said, <clears throat> and I quote, that the ultimate goal obviously was to win a national championship, which is you know okay fair that's you know pretty much everybody's. On Mamadi Diakite, he said that he thought that Mamadi was starting to mature and take. A real step forward and seeking the extra work, he thought that was indicative of the performance that he would see. On DeAndre Hunter, he said that he could become a much better shooter, and that he was um, that he was that you thought that he could show quote unquote, and I'm I'm quoting you on this phenomenal results, uh, and you thought that the team was quote unquote extra extremely motivated, uh, and that they would respond with fierce uh, uh, determination. And I mean, you watched them win a national championship. Um, what was that like for you to see those kids have that success and 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 take us through sort of your experience of the Final Four in the national championship game? Oh man, it was it was so exciting. I think when we had talked in June, um, we'd both kind of talked about how there wasn't a there just probably wasn't a program in the country that was more suited to respond to to last year and being the first one seed, you know, to lose to a 16, 16 seed. There just wasn't a program in the country as suited to respond to that than Coach Bennett's program with everything that they're about being just more than basketball. And then to, to watch that journey this year was just phenomenal. Um, the ups and the downs and the if you believe in divine intervention or not, it was just it was everything about it was everything great about college basketball. And then obviously, given how the year before it ended, it was I don't know. There were heart stopping moments. I feel like everybody, every UVA fan probably lost two or three years of their life life during that time. Um, <laughs> but then the way it all ended, it was just it was phenomenal. I was so happy for Coach Bennett and for for all the guys, for everything that they had to deal with. It was it was just a f- phenomenal ride. And, and Coach Bennett said it. And obviously he knows it far better than I. You know, those guys, nobody knows what what they're going through. And in round one when they were down 14 or whatever it was, and people were saying it's going to happen again, it's a collapse They're What if they lose it? I mean, as soon as they started making shots, you could see the weight coming off everybody's shoulders. And they're literally in the history of college basketball had never been a team that had to deal with the weight that they did the last year. And then they responded and then reached that ultimate goal. It's, it's a, just phenomenal. You have worked with these kids for a number of years and you have, you, you've gotten to know them and you, you, 
I, I would imagine that even more so maybe than me having, you know, known him since high school and stuff, you worked with them on a, on a one-on-one basis. And you obviously you, you gotten to know these kids to watch them go through what they went through last year must've been incredibly difficult for you. And then to watch them put in the work last off season and see that, uh, you know, that determination you talked about in the podcast last time, and then to watch them go out and have that success. What, what did you see from them as the, as those, you know, off season months progress, what did you see from them that maybe implied that this was, you know, not necessarily just possible because I mean, heck, you know, good players, you know, never know what happened, but maybe even likely given how hard, you know, how talented they were and how, you know, how hard they might be to beat if they could reach their full potential. What did you see from them in the off season? I think uh, literally the week after they had lost to UMBC, you know, and talking with the guys and talking about getting back in the gym, it was, it was just total self accountability. There was, you know, I should have been in the, in the gym more. I remember Ty had said something like, I feel like I didn't the year before just didn't, wasn't in the gym as much as what I should have been. And so there was that, there was that added motivation, but there weren't, there weren't feelings of, of animosity. There weren't, right. there weren't like, we want to prove the haters wrong. It was, Hey, we feel like we let ourselves down and we're not going to let that happen again. Um, which I think it just speaks to the maturity of the program and, you know, the players that coach Bennett has, it wasn't, it very easily could have been pointing fingers and this should have happened or this shouldn't have happened. Um, but as opposed to that, it was, it was the complete opposite. They all took it up on their own shoulders and they knew that they wanted to write their ultimate chapter and then ended up doing so. You, you, in, in, in conversations you and I have had in the past, we've talked about, you know, the basketball side of things, right? Um, the way that, that now, um, modern sort of analytics. Analytics is a big part of the modern game, and the idea that you know, if 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 it looks in the data that you know you 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 struggle to shoot um, in this specific spot, teams are going to make you try to shoot in that specific spot. Um, from an X's and O standpoint, how did you know what improvements did you see in in games in the off season? Obviously, you thought that Dre had put himself in a position because of the broken wrist. Um, that he could that he could be a better shooter mechanically. Where did you see that? It, it, were there any other things that stood out? Whether it was Ty or Kyle or whoever, anything specifically that you could see? Like, oh, so and so improved on this thing, and that, that as the season went on, you could sort of see it come to fruition. Yeah, with with Dre, it seemed like as soon as he came back, you know, the summer from the broken wrist, there was just just mechanically in his shot, it seemed like it was more fluid than it ever been before. And I think even you know even during his his red shirt freshman year he I think he was able to shoot it better than maybe what he he shown then even though he did shoot it decently well um but then he came back this year and you know the broken wrist may have been a you know a, a blessing in disguise and you know it's I he just shot the ball so well and, and the confidence was there the mechanics were there I think there you know people got a little bit down during the NCAA tournament just because for the first couple rounds he didn't shoot it as well as he had shot it during during the regular season uh, but I mean, he was well over 40%. And then obviously the, the ultimate coming out party for anybody who questioned him and his ability to shoot the basketball was there in the national championship game. Um, it was, again, it was just, it was awesome to watch because the tie is, I think points per possession or points per shot. He was in the top 1% in the country this past year per synergy. And I mean, there were times during last summer and during the fall where in workouts, Dre was pushing him shot for shot. Uh, so it's, you know, not saying that Dre's as good of a catch and shoot shooter as Ty is, um, but he's he's always been capable. Obviously, he puts in tons of time, and it's just awesome seeing seeing him be. You know, all that hard work. You know, all that hard work when the lights were off really 
come to show when the lights were on on the biggest stage. And, and Ty is very similar because he's into, you know, he's kind of into the analytical side a little bit more and he wanted to become better in late shot clock situations. He wanted to, you know, he wanted to become better in the mid range shooting runners and floaters. And for him, somebody who watches so much game film and is constantly seeking feedback in that regard to see, you know, for example, the floater against Purdue in overtime. Um, it's just fun to sit back and watch and know that, you know, a kid like Ty Jerome knew last year coming out of the year that you know, I wanted to, he wanted to put more time in shooting floaters and then Purdue and just an insane game overtime. You know, he's, he's making shots that he worked on hundreds of times in the off season. It's again, it's just a fan. It's fun to watch. He missed that one floater in the, in the title game, and you could almost see his, the look on his face is like, wait, what? Like, right. You know what I mean? Because right. he's repped that thing so much. You, you could see it on his face like, no, 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 no. I don't miss that. Like, what? Right. Um, and, and I thought, too, like watching the game, I actually thought of you a couple times because you could see – you know stuff that I've seen in footage that you've you've posted or shot right you could see some of the things you know come into fruition you're not necessarily just in terms of the guys making the the look but also you know the design right like like this is going to be a spot that you're going to be able to hit a shot or you're going to be able to need to get a shot right and 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 it comes out like that I would imagine as you watch that thing wait were you were you in person or were you watching from home uh, so I actually didn't get to go. We were expecting uh, the oh, birth right. of our second that's child right, right then. Um, so I, uh, the one thing that would have kept me from going kept me kept from, you going. from going. Yeah. <laughs> no, I hear that. Well, as someone who was there, um, I can tell you that there were plenty of times when I had no idea what was happening. And it would have been really nice to have, <laughs> which was funny because at some point, um, I forget, was it, I guess it was the, both the, the final, was it the semifinal and final? I had like a monitor near me and every once in a while it would come in handy you know they show some replay but anyway let me back up um so as you're watching this thing unfold what are your nerves like because you're you're not just a normal basketball fan right on the one hand you know these kids there's a connection right and you know a relationship so you're living and dying even more so than a normal alum or fan right but then at the same time you have the basketball sort of background and the knowledge and understanding like no no you got to get to your right hand and you need to get to this spot it are you are you ever able to just kind of turn that part of your brain off or is it just or or do you always see the game through that through that prism uh so I, I try to be pretty intentional about i try to watch the games as a fan um even though like you said it's, it's difficult to turn that lens off and then go you know go watch back afterwards and watch breakdowns and whatnot for more more specific things in regards to individual players and you know questions they may they may be asking or work that they may want to put in um, so it, you know, again, like try to, try to watch it as a fan that, that is difficult, but I mean, the nerves were just, <laughs> I mean, as everybody's were just all over the place. Um, <laughs> I mean, there were it's just, I mean, those three games in a row and I forget exactly what the statistics were, but you know, down four with eight seconds to go down three with one, you know, just all the crazy numbers. Um, I think we were all in situations where like, oh man, this, this was a heck of a season. Um, the next thing you know, like Mamadi's making a shot or Kyle's getting fouled. Uh, It was just, I don't know. It was just incredible. I thought of you too. When, when Kyle goes to the free throw line, um, because I I know that different, different trainers do things different ways. You know, some of them, um, you know, it's all about like the hype and, and whatnot. You are very focused on the game and that everything, every rep that they do is, is going to improve, right. Their overall game free throw shooting. I'm curious about, because I've, 
I wonder how much you use it. I'm, I'm curious, like where you like to, to use it if you do and, and what's your thought process on how to help guys um, with their mechanics and being able to, you know, to trust it when they're, when they're exhausted, when they're fatigued, when there's 70,000 people and millions at home watching, like what's your, how do you use free throw shooting in, 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 in training and, 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 and where do you, and what do you sort of put the, the pressure points? Yeah. So we, um, so when with working with those guys, uh, because a lot of load monitoring is huge and obviously coach Curtis is, you know, monitoring everything with their bodies. So we never, we never do any type of, you know, you miss a free throw. There's a conditioning right. yeah, consequence yeah, yeah. Of course. Or, or anything like that. Um, so what we've pretty much done through, you know, the past couple of years is, uh, free throws only count as makes if they're all net. Mm. Um, so n- nothing really, nothing extravagant. Um, sometimes we'll do, you know, you have to make, we finish a workout, you have to make five in a row. Fifth one has to be on net or you, you shoot again. Um, but again, without nothing crazy as far as a conditioning consequence or anything in that regard, but still at the same time trying to hold a higher standard than just make them. And I, and I tell them, tell the guys all the time, even, you know, even like Ty, who, who didn't shoot free throws nearly as well this year as he had the year before. Um, I mean, every college basketball player in America is going to, they're going to make free throws as part of their workout. So part of ours is we're going to, we're going to do more than just make them. Um, they're going to have to be perfect. So there is, you know, there is a huge focus on that. Or I shouldn't say huge. There is a focus on that, but not in as far as there are, you know, tremendous consequences for misses um, or even hitting the rim. Right. You mentioned coach Curtis. I want to double back. I talked to him, man, I don't even know what city I was in when I actually talked to him and full disclosure, I'm, I'm thinking about it now. And I think, I think I was in Louisville. I'm pretty sure I was in Louisville, and it was in it was in the uh, in between in the on the media day. But anyway, I talked to Coach Curtis about um, a couple of things. Talked to him about Cafaro and talked to him about Jay Huff and, and things like that. It, coaching international guys or you know working with them. But one thing I wanted to know is he had he had spent so much time I think over the years kind of fine tuning his program. He and Coach Bennett obviously working in, in tandem on that. But it seemed like this year, this past season, that the guys were fresher at the end of games and at the end of the season in ways that they had not been in the, in the past. Now that may have been a function of experience. And he mentioned that, you know, like, Hey, look, experience is a, is a big part of this. You know, once you get to that point in our program, you know, a lot of the, we can, we can sort of dial back the number of reps you need during the practice. And so sometimes that can allow for, for, for recovery. But I'm curious in terms of load bearing, you mentioned, you know, the, that they're very sensitive to how much, you know, the guys are doing in the off season, that kind of thing. How does that sort of play a role with you? And, and when you're doing workouts, are you tailoring them to whatever the plan is that you've got from him? Are they still wearing the same load bearing or load monitors that they, they use for, for their practices? Like, how does that process work? Yeah, so at, at times they will. Um, you know, they'll wear the heart rate monitors or whatever. And my, the big thing for me um, is Coach Curtis and I had, you know, had conversations last spring, and I'm sure we will before everybody comes back this summer, is, you know, I tell the guys, like, I need – you know, I need you to be upfront and transparent with me with what you're what you're supposed to do because they're aware and they know whether today's supposed to be light and they can just get shots or they can go a little bit harder and we can do live actions um, because it is it is so important and like you said they they want to play 40 games and be playing deep into March and at the beginning of April and still be just as fresh as they were earlier in the year and so kind of kind of taking that all into account so there would be times where where Ty, who's kind of the leader, you know, the leader of the gang would come and say, you know, we, have, we need to go light today. I just want to get, get shots and shoot floaters. Um, or, you know, we don't have workouts for four days. We can go a little bit harder today. So I think, you know, coach Curtis is, I mean, he's, 
one of, if not the best strength and conditioning performance coaches in America. Uh, you know, the culture he preaches, the results he's getting. And then now it's to the point you kind of, you kind of touched on it where the guys are feeling those results. They're seeing that they're fresher at the end of games and late into the season. And so now he doesn't necessarily always have to tell them, um, you know, they kind of take it up on themselves and, you know, just, just holistically it's guys haven't knock on wood, haven't gotten hurt. Um, little knickknack things here and there. Like you said, they look fresh at the end of the year. I think, I think the results from what he does are just, just phenomenal and have paid off in so, so many ways. All right. We're, we're going to take what we're going to do one more question about last season. Then we'll start looking ahead. But first I need to read our uh, ad break for the evening, the cat's corner podcast and this cat's corner conversation brought to you tonight by Thorium wealth. Do you own a small business? Do you have a hard time finding partners to help with the kinds of problems that you face every day? Thorium Wealth is the business owner's financial partner. Data-driven personal service focused solely on the needs of the small business owners makes Thorium Wealth different. The advisors at Thorium Wealth have spent more than 35 years working with the unique financial challenges that business owners face every single day. Unleash the power of Thorium Wealth to help you and your business grow and prosper. You can visit thoriumwealth.com for more information and full disclosures. That's thoriumwealth.com, T-H-O-R-I-U-M, wealth.com. Our thanks to Thorium Wealth for their support of this show and all of CavsCorner.com. I appreciate Damon that you're doing this uh, this uh, recording somewhere outside because the birds. I'm digging the birds. I'm, I'm digging yeah, the birds. Sorry. No, no, yeah. it's good. No, no, I like it. It kind of provides <laughs> this background. I don't know if I'm talking to you about basketball or if Jim Nance is going to come around the corner and start talking about you know Tiger on on the 18th green. Um, yeah, it. Uh, with the with the newborn, I was like, "Where is a good place?" Yeah, to right. Go? Like, I'll, I'll step outside. And <laughs> exactly. At least there won't be a baby crying. Exactly. <laughs> Although, heck, sometimes people might like that better than they like me. All right, let's. Let, <laughs> I want to talk about the NBA decisions. As somebody who knows the kids, I, I, you probably weren't surprised. Um, I certainly wasn't surprised about most of them. I was. I was a little surprised when Kyle said he was going to keep his name in, but I think in part that was mostly because that was the the sort of gist I had been hearing for a while. Um, but I want to focus more in terms of what how their games translate. Ty, Kyle, Dre, um, we'll assume for now, because as we record this right now, Mommy hasn't announced anything. Neither of us know anything. We're not keeping it from you. Um, I, people accuse me of stuff all the time. I promise <laughs> nobody knows. Mommy's a free bird and he will do his thing. And we, you know, if, if you're listening to this and he just announced, it's not our, we, it's not our fault. Um, <laughs> in terms of Ty and Kyle and Dre, uh, we'll start with Dre. He seems to be getting. I would think top five-ish, five, six seems to be the place that most mocks settle him right now. How do you see his game translating to the next level? And what what do you feel like he needs to work on before he, he gets that thing going? Yeah, like you said, I mean, he's at, at worst, he's going to be an exceptional, exceptional 3 and D player. Um, you know, I think when you, when you read feedback about him, there's some questions as to, is he really as good of a shooter as he indicated this past year? Can he consistently shoot the NBA three? We know that he's going to be able to guard one through four and his length, um, you know, his, his ability to guard is going to be at an elite level, even at the NBA level, as soon as he steps, steps on the floor, especially coming from coach Bennett's system. Um, but then at the same time, you see guys who say, man, like we didn't, we really didn't know how good Kawhi was going to be until he got into the league. And, you know, Dre kind of has that similar, not only demeanor, but game, um, so I think for him, you know, proving that he can consistently shoot it will be – that's going to be one of the questions early. I think people are going to ask a lot, and I mean, it's pretty pretty evident on on message boards and when you read read write-ups about him at this point. Um, you know, can he handle the basketball? Is he Can he be on the three? Any ISO at that level against 
against the Kawhis and Paul Georges and the, you know, the best two-way players in the NBA. Um, so, you know, I'm sure you've seen the same things I have. They're like, man, he could be that type of player, but, but at worst he's worthy of a, a four or fifth pick, fourth or fifth pick, uh, because of what he does well already. Um, I think it's going to be exciting to see. I know he, you know, he's kind of said, um, you know, those around him have kind of said like he's, he's capable of doing things that nobody has seen to this point. And I, you know, I would kind of agree with that. Uh, it's a, it's going to be exciting to watch, um, because he is, I mean, I think Ty said it in a post game interview. There's <laughs> Dre's the first player like in the coach Bennett era who had ISO plays drawn up for him. That's um, right. And there's, there's been some pretty good players who've come through the system. <laughs> it's true. And, um, you know, from Brogdon and Joe Harris, all those different guys who are in the league and have been in the league. So it's going to be, it's going to be exciting to see. And he's, he's such a worker and like he, he missed a workout early June when they first got back last year. And I texted him and said something about, you know, lottery picks don't miss workouts. And he said, you know, I won't miss another one. And he never did after that. Like he's, he's very industrious. Um, he's, he's a quiet kid. Like he's not going to say a lot, but when it comes time to comes time to work and be on the court he gets the job done it's going to be fun to watch and see you know whatever his ceiling is I'm sure that he's going to shatter right through it good deal so Ty seems to be getting late first early second sort of buzz my guess is a lot of that will depend on the team and 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 fit more than you know sort of what's out there what's available Um, you have obviously seen his game take step after step after step he seems to be um, I don't want to say he's the gym rat of the group, but he feels like the gym rat of the group. He feels like the guy who who seems most likely to um, having spent more than one night in some gym somewhere. Um, right. How 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 have you seen his game evolve, and what what does he need to do um, before he really catches on uh, at the pro level? Yeah, and to your point, like he he definitely was or definitely is the gym rat of the group. I think I think Coach Curtis would probably attest he's the one that you know, would have to be run out of the gym. Um, and may for, he may forget to have the heart rate monitor on just to make sure that the extra work, <laughs> extra work doesn't get, he's kind of, kind of that kid. Yeah. Um, but no, he, uh, you know, I think he sees the floor so well. Um, his ability to pass, I think obviously the questions are his athleticism. Um, you know, how well is he going to be able to handle NBA defenses and, and talking to some different guys around the league, they, you know, some guys feel totally opposite, obviously, with defensive three seconds. The the lane in college basketball is just, you know, often completely clogged, and he was still able to find guys. Um, when you're in the NBA and people can't just sit in the paint waiting for you, there's going to be a lot of space to work with. Obviously, the NBA three-point line, you know, spaces guys out even more. Um, and for the first time, I mean, it's he's going to be where he's going to have a big that he can throw lobs to consistently, and that hasn't really been a part of – it hasn't really been a part of, you know, the system with UVA and the bigs that they've had. It's it's not like he's coming off of pick and rolls and throwing lobs to Clint Capella or somebody like that. Right, right. Um and so it's like he's he's being seen two different ways. Some guys see him definitely playing the point. Some guys see him like, you know, the kid from Wichita State a couple years ago, Landry Shamit, because he can shoot it so, so well. Um, but at the end of the day his his IQ is so high. Um he sees the floor so well. It seems like the game is, you know, functions so much slower for him than it does for anybody else. You know, things like that are, are things that are almost unteachable if they're not unteachable. And he's, you know, he excels in, in that regard. Um, I was in Chicago with him, I guess it was like a month ago now. And, you know, his pre-draft group has 10 ish guys and a couple of them are potential lottery picks like Carson Edwards is out there. And when they were playing pickup, like he just, 
he picks guys apart and obviously coverages are busted and whatnot because it is just pickup because, but his IQ is so high and with the increased spacing, I mean, he, he gets to his spots, he plays at his pace, he delivers the ball on time on target, just all the things you want out of a great lead guard. He, you know, he is that and whatever his weaknesses are, he's going to work towards minimizing those as much as possible. Um, you know, of all the guys just having the closest relationship with him, you know, with him as opposed to any of them, I'm just, him more so than any of them. I just can't wait to see where he ends up and then whatever the expectations are exceeding him. Last one, obviously, Kyle deciding to stay in the draft. Seems to have gotten, from the time that he made that, you know, announcement, man, it seemed like everything seemed to explode. Now, whether the the the, the, the former caused the latter or whether or not he knew something we didn't know or maybe a little mixture of the two, I'm not real sure, but it certainly seems like to me he's in a position to to be uh, to be picked in this draft, which is probably not what most people expected when he made that announcement. H- how do you see his game translating? Because he's the one to me that is the is the harder to peg. Because on the one hand, he is such a prolific shooter and scorer, and he's done a lot to to work on his game to improve his physicality, being able to get to the rim, being able to you know to, to play through contact, and then defensively, I think he's really stepped up as well. Um, I could see him really catching on and playing, you know, a long time, but I can also see that, you know, there are a lot of guys who, who are really good in, you know, at one level who can't, you know, just aren't, aren't able to stick. How do you, what do you, what do you sort of see in, in his game and how you think he translates? Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, you know, those, the, again, those kind of three and D guys, obviously he's a totally different type three and D player than what, you know, Dre could, you know, maybe be, um, you know, there are guys who coming out of college, people questioned whether they whether they were going to stick or not. Um, I mean, even even look at Joe Harris, who was out of the league for a little bit and then now is you know, arguably one of the top five shooters in the NBA. And I think with with Kyle, in my opinion, is, you know, fit is going to be huge. Um, somebody that's going to let him be who he is, where he you know, obviously he shoots the basketball so, so well um, and not somebody. Not somebody who's going to come in and hey, we're going to transform him, transform him into a point guard or turn him into something he's not. Um, I feel like at any level, like high school to college, and then college to the NBA is no different. Just fit is is so so key. Um, and then obviously, having been a part of Coach Bennett's program, servanthood and team first is going to be is going to be big. So you know he's going to buy into you know buy into what his role is, and if if the role a team envisions for him is what he excels at, it's you know, he could stick around and, and be in the league for a long time because there aren't there just aren't guys who can shoot it and shoot it as well as he can. So the future, right? One, this is easily going to be the the NBA draft that we're all more excited about than any any NBA draft in recent memory, right? Like UVA fans are right. gonna be, you know, like just completely like enamored with this whole entire thing. Um I want to ask about the current guys. So there's you win a national championship. There's there's this natural inclination to hope you repeat, and then you lose. You know, arguably the the best you know three headed monster Virginia basketball's probably ever had. Don't and don't email me if you disagree. These guys won a national <laughs> title. Um, and then so I, I'm curious about the the group that that is left. Right, the the guys that are there. Obviously, Virginia got good news today with Sam Hauser announcing uh, his commitment, and 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 he'll be on his way sometime this summer um of the guys that are that will be will be remaining who have you worked with what's your your general sense of sort of the talent that virginia at least as of now and obviously some things could change we you know again we're going to work on the assumption that Mamadi is going to come back until he says he's he's going to stay but 
in generalities, or maybe if you if you feel like getting specific, what have you seen from the guys that, that will return, and, and what are your sort of expectations? I mean, you, you were pretty good. You were Nostradamus last year, so what do you, <laughs> what's your sort of feel for for the group that Virginia will have come uh, come the start of this season? Yeah, it's going to be, you know, for me, it's going to be, I'm excited because of, of the returners there. Kihei worked out a couple times. Jay, um, you know, again, assuming Mamadi had come back, know him a little bit better. Uh, but there's, from this year to next, there just isn't, for me personally, the experience with guys that I had from two years ago to this past year. Um, and so, I'm, you know, I'm excited to see it. Braxton on his, literally, he was leaving JPJ on his way to the airport and Ty was working out. And he said, somebody, I got to get your number ready to get to work, um, you know, as soon as we get back or, you know, something along those lines. And I think the, I mean, the standard has been set. It's, it's national championship now. Like they're, until whatever next April, whatever the date is, it's going to be instilled, you know, defending national champions. Um, I think that with that, it's a, a tremendous responsibility that the guys I'm sure feel, but at the same time, it's a huge opportunity. Uh, you know, teams, I mean, teams just don't win national championships, you know, don't just don't win national championships. Uh, and then it's, you know, as far as, as far as individual players, it's going to be exciting to see Kihei who was, like you said, three headed monster. And he was the fourth, if not fifth option on the floor this year, this past year, offensively. I mean, it's going to be exciting for him to come in knowing that he's going to have to shoulder a, an increased offensive load, very similar to Ty from his first to second year once London left. You know, Braxton came in and has proven it, you know, when he was, you know, at Alabama, has proven what he's able to do. Um, then I'm coming in and with Dre leaving, that's a spot that, you know, looking to replace that spot defensively, offensively. Um, again, operating under the assumption that Mamadi's coming back, like he – I'm sure he has to be just tremendously thrilled thinking about what the role that he's going to take on. Uh, the same thing with Jay, who just showed, you know, flashes this year of, I mean, he can just do some things that no other seven footer in the country can do. Um, so for me, you know, similar to being excited for those other guys for what they did. I mean, arguably the, the greatest three headed monster of all time and in university of Virginia basketball. Um, but a lot of points and a lot of shots and a lot of minutes are leaving. And, you know, it's exciting for all those other guys, I think, coming back, knowing that, hey, we're the defending national, you know, the defending national champions. And it's on us to shoulder this. And, you know, the work that we put in is going to show itself come the first game in November. And, you know, just excited to get going. I am. I'm personally uh, I'm, I'm very excited because I'm really or I guess I should say I'm very hopeful that you get hooked up with uh, with Casey Morsell because I don't know if I've seen a guy. I don't know why. I just have this feeling that that dude is going to be ridiculous like I, I every time I've ever seen the kid it didn't matter what team he was on what he was asked to do what his role on that specific squad was that kid just brings it and he is I don't I'm not saying he's perfect I mean I've seen him make mistakes and he's got some stuff he needs to clean up and you know all that fun stuff right but like I just I don't know I'm I'm ridiculously excited to watch this kid uh and, and, and watch his development at UVA. So I'm really hopeful that you get linked up with him because I think it would be uh, that would be another one um, to, to really track and, and kind of watch over the years. He and, and Shedrick both um, just skill sets that I think that just really fit UVA. And so I'm, I'm really excited about what they can do. And, and certainly, you know, it'll, it'll be a very different year. The, like you said, a lot of, lot of minutes, a lot of experience gone, a lot of new kids, new faces, um, you know, with varying degrees of, you know, new roles and, um, yeah, the coach staff certainly has its work 
cut out for him, but the, the cupboard will not be bare, that's for sure. Uh, David, right, I want to thank right. you again for your time. Um, as always, you have uh, <clears throat> you always set the bar stupid high um, for me. Now, I've, I've been fortunate to have some really good guests for these conversations and stuff, and having you on the podcast is always great. But you know, your insight on on this front has always been exceptional. Listening to to that uh, that episode earlier today, I just was really. I, I mean, I was listening to you again tell me stuff that I've already heard. And I'm like, dang, that's really smart. Like we were talking about like, <laughs> like the, the AAU versus high school and trainers. And we were talking about like, how do you actually prepare kids and what's the best way to do it? And you were just kind of breaking down like some of the, the, the do's and don'ts and sort of the, the trends and, and what maybe what concerns you. And I just thought it was fascinating. And I was like, dang, it was a year ago and it, you know, it's still good stuff. So I appreciate that. But um, uh, I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I, man. Uh, glad to. Hope I didn't ramble too much. No, no, you're always good. I appreciate you having uh, taken some time for me, and I want to thank everybody out there for continuing to support the podcast. If you're somebody who has found the show through the website, thank you very much for giving us a listen. Uh, look us up: Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, Overcast, wherever it is you get your shows. Give us a rating review; always helps to get us out in front of more people. And if for some reason you're listening to this because Damon retweeted it, and you're curious about this whole podcast Caps Corner thing, give us a look: CapsCorner.com. Plenty of stuff message board uh with a bunch of uva fans who would love nothing more than to tell you why you're wrong which is more inviting than it sounds um <laughs> but i appreciate everybody out there for their uh support of the show and certainly f- to damon for for giving graciously of his time so for damon altizer the uh god did i that, i never got it right did i president owner what are you what are you uh, uh, yeah, driven pre- what are you yeah Owner, owner sounds okay. good. Okay, owner, owner, owner good. driven <laughs> training, head coach of stab, and a uh, I, w- I was about to say uh, trainer to the stars, but that just sounded really, really nerdy. <laughs> uh, trainer to the to many of the Virginia Cavaliers, uh, you know, before the national, he knew them before they were uh, before they were champs, uh, and 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 I'm sure he at watching them cut down the net, you felt like a, like a proud parent um, having worked with them. But Damon, thanks for your time, buddy. We will catch you down the road. Absolutely, thank you.